Hey Life Canton, Roger here, one of the directors. So glad that you're joining us, whether you're a returning listener, uh, if you are, welcome back, or a brand new listener, uh, in which case you picked a really good time to uh, listen to us. Um, first of all, welcome. Uh, we believe that you belong and we want you to get plugged into our community, so be sure to head on over to the Church Center app or our website to fill out a Connect card. That'll help us let you, us know who you are, uh, maybe answer any questions you have or just see in what ways you want to get involved. So be sure to fill one of those out. Also, like I said, if you are a new listener, you pick perfect time. This week is our annual celebration. This is a opportunity for us that we take to thank God and, and look back at what he has accomplished and what he has done in our community and our church this year. You're going to hear a message from Pastor Nathan talking all about faith over fear uh, and the role that has played in what God has done and what he will continue to do. So give that a listen and I'll catch up with you in just a moment. Oh, yeah, that's good. An amen would be good right there. Go ahead. Someone say, amen. Some, oh, there's, there's something in my back. Okay. Man, I am so excited that you are here. Uh, today is going to be all about celebration. So take, take this energy and let's keep moving forward. Uh, just turn to your neighbor and said, neighbor? Oh, that was terrible. Because Tur- what I did is that there are people who know about this. Someone turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor? neighbor. It's going to be a good day. All right, you can have a seat. I just, I just, I just tr- crossed some cultural boundaries right there. That was good. You can have a seat. Thank you for being here. Oh, man. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors, and today is all about celebration. So we're going to hear people saying amen, getting excited. Amen just means let it be. There are going to be people who say, won't he do it? All right? That's, if you're new here, you're like, what is that? He's just talking about remembering that God is the one we're celebrating today and that he is moving. I want to dive in in just a second, but if you're brand new, and I know there's a couple in the room who this is the very first time, and don't worry, I'm not going to point you out or or do anything weird. I just want you to know that I'm so happy that you are here. And if you're online, I'm so happy you are here. There are people in the room who are participating on stage, who online, they started there. They started there checking us out. There are partners in our church this year who are in the room because they started there. So I'm so glad that you're here online as well. Let us know that you are here by filling out a Connect card. You can do that through our app. Um, You can do that physically over at the Welcome Center. We have something for you. We want to know that you are here. Why? Because we want you to know that you belong, and then we want you to encounter Jesus and grow. We have a vision as a church for every single person here to reclaim their identity in Jesus, something that was stolen from you, to reclaim your identity in Jesus so that you can bear the torch of Christ's justice and love in a world that is full of darkness. That is what we want for you. So when you are ready, and I encourage you to do that right away, but if you're not ready, if you are ready, fill out a Connect card. Let us know that you are here so we can start that journey with you. We also have an opportunity to sign up for our Life Journey classes if you want to get involved. These courses help you get to know people but also move forward on your journey. I want to dive into 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. This is what God laid on my heart to share today about the annual celebration. Um, I've done quite a few of these at this point, and this one came to mind, and and I want to dive into that. If you have a Bible, um, go ahead and pull it out. That could be your phone. If not, we have some for you. Uh, If you don't have any at the Welcome Center, but it'll also be right here on the screen so that'll make it really easy for you. 1 Peter 1, 3. 
Praise be. That's a good, good word for today. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You could preach an entire sermon on just that, just that verse, but praise be. This is why we're here today, to praise God, to worship him, to make him big, to show him our love. Why? Because we have new life. We're driven by new life. That's one of our codes. It's our number one code. Why? Because that's why we exist, to celebrate everything that God has done that the Father has sent his Son, Jesus Christ, so that we could be saved. Is there anyone in the room who's been saved? There we go. There we go. God is so good. And if that was it, then we would be able to celebrate for all eternity. But God is moving, and he's doing stuff every single day. He's using us to interact with people every single day. And it can be really easy to get stuck in your normal routines and forget that God is always on the move, always drawing people, that he's relentlessly pursuing one more for Jesus. I went down to Phoenix this week for a church conference, uh, and it was great because it was 60 degrees. And while you guys were getting eight inches of snow, uh, I was in the sun in a t-shirt looking like a fool. All these Phoenix people looking at this guy who's walking around with t-shirt, and they're like shivering in 45 degrees. And I'm like, oh, what is this orb in the sky, this thing that is beautiful and sunny? Uh, and got to you know, spend some time with some friends and be in the desert. It was, it was a lot of fun. But anyways, some of the things that happen that you're just not really expecting, you're not really paying attention to. I flew down on Spirit Airlines, which I always just steal myself for not a great experience, right? It's like Spirit, short, smaller seats, they charge you for everything. I don't like flying. It's a four-hour flight. And I'm in there, and I'm sitting down, and I feel like I have been given a gift from God because they're about to close the doors. And guess what I got? A whole row to myself. Any, anyone like, praise Jesus, like, that's, that's good. Except... <laughs> At the last minute, these two strangers, these two young women come into the uh, plane and, and they run down and like one of them has like tears because they almost didn't make their flight and they come in and they sit down and they're like really loud and awesome and like a lot of fun. But I was like, dang it. And, and it comes that I'm sitting with them for four hours and we start talking about life. We start talking about them. They're born and raised in Detroit and, and they, don't, they don't follow God. Uh, they, they've kind of lived their whole life this way. So we're learning and growing and talking to each other. And they didn't ask what I did, which is great because once you say you're a pastor, all these like filters come down and sometimes conversations just shut or they want to talk about the end times or something like that. And what happened in that moment is I got to see some people who, who don't know Jesus. And as a pastor, I have to go out of my way to interact with people like that because I'm here, I'm serving, I'm part of it. And it was so refreshing. It was a great way to start my trip. So on the way home on Spirit Airlines, I went on a Monday, on a Thursday, I'm sitting in my seat. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this aisle's going to be free. And oh my gosh, there's no one coming. And at the last minute, two people who are no longer strangers show up on our flight back in the same seats. Yes. Woo. Now, they're some, they, they some fun, fun individuals. <laughs> well, they were loud. Like, <laughs> they were fun. And we talked. And in the interim, they had found out that I was a pastor. So they had all kinds of questions. But I remember on the way back... I just felt exhausted. I'm like, okay, so this is clearly God's hand. 
but I just don't have it in me right now to try to bring up something about who God is. I just don't have it in me, that relentless pursuit of one more. You know what I'm talking about? You ever been just exhausted and tired? And there was this moment where one of them just turns to me and basically just says, I, tell me, tell me about your belief. And it was this beautiful moment where I got to talk to them and I learned enough about them to know their past. And I talked to them about Adam and Eve and how Adam and Eve walked with God and they were complete in God. And then the moment that they, that they broke that relationship and went their own way, part of their very identity just ripped away because they weren't in perfect relationship with God anymore. And that they would never fully know who they are without relationship with God. And I talked to him about how God is the father. And that he is not a father who would fail them or not be there for them. As one of them saw their father for the first time at his funeral. And so my heart's breaking. And I'm just sharing with them. Listen, God is your father and he wants to love you and pursue you. These two young ladies, I said, he wants to know you. And he made a way through Jesus so that we could be restored like this again. And they're like weeping and I'm crying. And I said, you guys have a choice to make. Do you want to know that God or not? And that's how the conversation ended. But I'm reminded of the beauty and the power of what Jesus Christ can do and what he wants to do in our lives. And I hope today that you grow as my heart grew a little bit, as some of the tiredness and weariness went away as I realized that God is in control and he is moving. We've had that conversation or like it so many times in our church. You have talked to people about Jesus. You've shared with me this hope, this relentless pursuit of one more. That's light in the darkness. And we need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate everything that God has done. 1 Peter 1.3 says uh, that uh, living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, verse 4, goes on to say, and into, and into. So we have hope, and then we're into something else, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Not only did he save us, but he continues to save us, and he's saving us for something. One, to move in his kingdom, yes, but there's something we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to an inheritance. Scripture says you are no longer a slave, but God's child. But not only are you God's child, but also an heir. You have an inheritance that will never fade in heaven that God has given you so much. I want every one of you, whether you do it out loud right now, if you follow Jesus in your heart, I want you to tell him, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you have given me. Thank you, God, that I get to look forward to something powerful. And here's where I want to turn and talk about today as our instruction, as our tension, as a thing that we need to grasp. In 1 Peter 1.5, it goes on to this inheritance who, through faith, are shielded by God's power. Who, through faith, we are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation, the full salvation, when he remakes everything that is ready to be revealed in the last time. What is he saying? 
He's saying we in the interim are shielded by God through faith, that God is hovering over us. He's taking care of us until he gets to bring full salvation where there is no more pain, no more suffering, no more hurt, no more disease. He wants us to look forward to that, but I want to talk about this through faith. This is our opportunity today. This is what I want to grow in you today. I want your faith to grow as you are inspired, as you recognize what God has done. Through faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's in Hebrews. What does that mean? What it means is that we are confident in God's shielding, that God is with us and that he is moving and he wants us to be part of the kingdom. Faith grows when we fix our eyes on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Meaning when we look to the one who wrote our faith, who is our faith, when we fix our eyes on how big he is and what he has done inside of us, something grows. Faith is defined as a strong belief in God. I want you to have a strong belief in God. I want faith to grow in your heart. Faith that can move mountains. Faith that can survive the loss of a job, the loss of a friend, the loss of a family member. Faith that can survive cancer, of suffering, and trials of many and any kinds. I want you to flourish in faith. And that is why we are here today to celebrate Jesus. Now, you might not understand that connection, but it's strong. And I want you to understand that today, as you celebrate, as you worship, as you clap your hands, as you shout out, as you say amen, as you participate, something is growing inside of you. And it is belief in God who loves you. God is shielding you. He's protecting you if you know him. He's caring for you. And I want you to know that God is your strength. In fact, we need to be reminded of this. So we're going to do that neighbor thing again. I'm giving you a little, little uh, hope, okay? I want everyone to do it. If you do it really good the first time, I won't make you do it again, all right? So I want you to turn and say, neighbor. neighbor. All right, try again. Go one more time, all right? <laughs> I want you to turn and say, neighbor. neighbor. He is your strength. Say, he is your strength one more time. Good. You guys are getting really good at this. I'm uh, happy for you. Man. 1 Peter 1.6. In all this, he's your shield. He's your inheritance. He saved you. He loves you. The Father is with you. You greatly rejoice. Yes, that's the right place for that. Good job. Though now... Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. I want to rejoice with you today. When we worship God, our perception of him grows. It's magnified, except it's not making God bigger. It's just realizing how big God is. It's putting your lenses on and realizing he's massive and you will never fully grasp how wide and deep his love is for you and how powerful he is. But when we celebrate and we get excited about what God has done in our church, in our lives, things change. So I want to celebrate what happened this year. And this, I'm going to share some things with you. It is only a drop of what God has done. And I don't even know everything that God has done in your life. But these are some things that really stuck out to me. First of all, last year, it actually hasn't even been a full year, but last year we launched our 10-year vision 
to reclaim your identity in Jesus and bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. I can't believe that. It feels like we've always had this vision. It is coming out of everybody's mouth. It's driving us towards being out in the community and towards helping people understand who they are in Jesus. It's a big deal. It took us a long time, and it's already affecting things. It's incredible. I love that. I love our vision, and I love what God is going to do through it in the next 10 years. We had people get baptized and commitments to follow Jesus. That's why we're here. We had uh, two, two young men who uh, were both getting married within a month of each other, got baptized on the same day, and so they have this like bond together. But every story of new life is powerful. And if you want to be baptized, and we have a couple who are already signed up, we had about 300 people on average here every weekend encountering Jesus. And that growth and that number of people is powerful. We have new people coming in every single day, right? Amen. Uh, we had 260 people in a life group. That's a lot, especially if you think 300 people coming on the weekend, 260 people in a life group. That's nuts. That's insane. Now, every, not everybody comes here every week. You should, but not everybody does. But if you think about the percentage of people who are creating and experiencing belonging by being in a group of people where you work on your faith and you support each other and love each other, that number is much bigger than you realize. That number has more of an impact on the vision going out than you can realize. So if you're in a life group right now, can you just get excited about that, about your life group? Thank you for the life group leaders. I know what you go through to make sure that happens. As we grow, we had 159 people complete the life journey this year. That's a lot. We added two new courses this year. That's really good. And it's really big as people continue to grow. If you're part of the life journey, you haven't been part of it, man, get on that wagon. It is incredible. It's an opportunity to grow. In fact, I believe it's going to be part of what makes the future of this church successful as we learn to become disciples of Jesus. Not so that that is the end, because you know that discipleship isn't the end. When you mentor someone, pour your life into them, and yet many churches, that's the end. You've done it. You've achieved what God has called you to do. No, no, no. Discipleship, where you learn to do that, is the starting line of the work of the kingdom. It's the starting line of the work of the kingdom. This church is going to have more impact than you can possibly know because they have recognized that the end isn't to be mentored and disciple one other person, but to that to be the engine and the way that we change the world. And that we're going to go out and bear the torch of Christ's justice and love. In fact, 20 people last year began that process of taking on a ministry action plan. These are not paid staff. These are individuals who have gone through the life journey and said, now I'm going to go and make a difference in our community. And it's hard. No, it's, it's good. It's hard. You find out real quick what leadership's like. It's difficult, but it's good. And God is moving. We had people this year who chose to commit to giving 10% of their income to God. That deserves a round of applause because that is hard. You want to talk about faith? You want to talk about faith? Man, faith is choosing to give to God. Choosing to say, I'm going to invest. I'm going to move my life around this principle. And I'm going to start this process of becoming generous 
That is faith. Anyone who gives even once, that is faith. In fact, uh, in the fall, in a two-month period, there were 30 people who gave for the very first time ever. And I thought, thank you guys would make credible just as much. That is faith. So thank you. Thank you. It's incredible what God is doing. Speaking of the ministry action plans, I could go on for hours about what those are, and you're like, wait, what is that thing? Maybe you haven't heard about it. Ministry action plans are ways that people who go through equip, they take it on, they develop who they believe God has made them to be, and then they go and make a difference. They're equipped to be the ministry, and it is a hard process, and it is difficult, but things are happening all around us that you may have heard about or not, where God is starting to till the soil for a harvest that's coming. In fact, it's crazy how it's all working. Um, my wife did one um, in our community, an event for our neighbors. And one of our neighbors was in our house afterwards and talking to us. And this person doesn't really follow Jesus. And as we started to talk to him about what was going on, he started to, to share about how he was met this other guy um, who goes to our church. Uh, they met completely separately in a different place, and his name is Bob. And if you know Bob, Bob has a ministry action plan, and it centers around men, not just in the church, but outside of the church, as a place to provide belonging and care. So what happened in this one is two maps actually touched each other and overlapped and this individual, who I believe someday will be standing in this church, I believe he will be baptized in this church, and I believe that we will celebrate what God does. You see, God is moving through people. We have another couple in this church who invited someone in their neighborhood to be part of the church, and that person, they came, and they started to get involved, and now they're fully in, and they're doing it. It's happening moment by moment by moment. This year, we had over 100 partners, which is incredible. Thank you, partners. But I want to point out some things about it. For the first time ever, for the first time ever, one-third of our partners are people of color. Something is changing in our community. And all you have to do is look around to see that we are becoming what Revelation 7-9 looks like. Every tongue, tribe, and nation, from, from Panama to Mexico to, to Detroit, all over the place, we have older individuals and younger individuals. In fact, we have uh, someone who's a high schooler who is going to get baptized soon who's going all in as he's experienced what God is doing here. Do you even know we have partners that are 100% online, that they don't come physically here. In fact, if they're watching, want to say hi to them. Love you guys. They teach life journey courses. They're partners. They're a part of what's going on. They're discipling people within this church, and they live in a, diff a different state. It's incredible the impact of what God is doing as people fully decide to invest here. So we celebrate what happened last year, but we're celebrating what's happening now. One of the things I'm celebrating like crazy is what happened last week. Last week, Bridget Reynolds got up here and preached. Anyone have some fun with that? Yeah. Yeah. She did incredible. Why are people shouting? One, because she's really good. But two, because it's someone from within our church who we are raising up, who is raising up, becoming someone who now leads us into the future. We celebrate because God is moving. Just like new worship leaders are coming, new people and kids, new people um, like Melanie who works in the cafe, who's coming and investing and getting involved. I can name name after name after name. We celebrate because 
we are bringing new people into the leadership of the church. And you'll get to see them at the very end of the gathering. We'll play a video. Even if you're not a partner, we want you to know these faces because they represent you. And um, they are coming on to take on more responsibility. I'm so excited about that. I'm excited that people are coming into our doors like never before with different backgrounds, skin tones, orientations, everything. Every day, people are coming as we see you belong played out. And that's not because of what we do on the stage, but what you do in the lobby, what you do in your groups, what you do as you invite people. This is a celebration of us, but ultimately it's a celebration of Christ. Now I want to talk about the second half of 1 Peter 1.6, because there are incredible things to celebrate. When we celebrate what God has done and what he is doing, it increases our faith, and our faith grows as we worship. But I want to talk about this, though, now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. I want to talk about suffering and trials for just a moment, because here's the thing that wants to steal our joy. Here's the thing that wants to destroy our faith. And all of us will have to go through trials and suffering. In this world, you will have trouble. Comfort is not our lot in life and definitely not for the Christian. Suffering and hurt and wounds and pain will come. Pick up your cross and follow me is not a place where you end up at a spa. If you're truly following Christ, suffering will come. But suffering is not the enemy of our faith. Fear is. Fear of suffering. Fear produced by suffering. Fear of what might happen. Fear of what's happening now will destroy something. Fear captures us and it's suffocating. And fear, fear often we fixate on it. We want to get rid of it, so we fixate on it on threats of harm, on suffering, or what suffering will produce. Fear is when our problems and potential problems loom over us and we fix our eyes on it. We fixate on those issues and trials, and when you fixate on them, they become bigger, worse, more dominant. Fear causes us to forget Forget how big our God is. Forget his promises to us. Forget how he has showed up again and again and again and again. God doesn't change. So the question I have for you today is, where is your faith? Is it there? Or are you living in fear? Why do I bring this up? Because I want us to fixate, to be obsessed and focused on Jesus Christ. We have an inheritance. We know the end of the story. God wins and will inherit a new life. If you want the fear that you experience, I know some of us in the room right now, we're experiencing fear. I experience fear. If I want it to shrink, do you know what I need to do? Increase my faith. I need to remind myself that I don't fear what might be because I know the one who is able to do immeasurably more than I can ever ask or imagine and that he is moving, that God is on the move. So I won't be frozen by fear. I won't flee the calling. I won't fight the wrong fight for I know that this battle is not between flesh and blood. 
but principalities. And this fight is already over. The war has been won on a cross. With Christ, when we fixate on him, suffering actually produces hope. Suffering produces faith. Do you understand? We run from suffering at all costs and so sometimes actually short-circuit the work that God wants to do in our hearts through suffering. Listen to these quick scriptures. Not only so, but we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And then here's the hard one. I want to know Christ. Isn't that good? Do you want to know Christ? Do you want to know more of him? Okay, some of you are like, I don't know. Read the rest of that. It's a good, that's a good in, uh, instinct. To know the power of his rex- resurrection and participation in his sufferings. I want to know Christ so much that I want to participate in how he suffered, becoming like him in his death. Whew. Wow. Some of us have fixed our eyes on fear. When we suffer, we allow that pain to shift our focus onto how much worse it could get or how much bad it is. And the fear of what could be becomes bigger than who God is. Repentance is turning away from fear and fixing our eyes on faith, knowing that suffering produces. 1 Peter 1.7. These have come. Suffering and trials have come. Why? So that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by the fire, may result in praise. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen. God's going to give you a chance for your faith to be proven through suffering. Suffering comes so that your faith may be proven real. (laughs) What? Are you serious? But it is true that God has opportunities for you to prove your faith. Now, how are you going to do that? Just by, don't be afraid. Yes, don't be afraid, but how? How do I not be afraid? How do I do that? You got to see where you're fixing your focus. We got to fix our focus on Jesus and how much bigger he is. And as we fix our focus on Jesus, we're compelled to step out in faith. And when we focus on fear, We allow suffering or potential suffering to produce not praise, glory, and honor, but pain, bitterness, and more dysfunction. That's why today is about praise. What is praise? Praise is an expression of gratitude or respect through worship. It's singing to God. It's getting excited. It's clapping your hands. It's turning to the neighbor and saying, hey, we can do this. Remember who God is. You fight fear with singing. As ridiculous as that sounds, you fight fear by glorifying God. As I sat here today and we talked about how good God is, do you know that fear just couldn't stay in the room? Do you understand that? 
When you sing, when you feel and you focus on Jesus, fear can't stay in the room. And fear is a killer. But Jesus is one who brings things back to life. Praise, glory, glory, magnificence, magnificence or great beauty, high renown or honor won by notable achievements. It also means glory to take great pride and pleasure in. I want you to take great pride and pleasure in who God is. I want you to revel in it. I want you to look back and glory, this is good. This is who God is because one, it is what we should do. It's what we were made to do, but two, it destroys fear. Finally, honor. Not a word we talk about a lot. It's high respect, great esteem. It's regard. But it is also adherence to what is right to fulfill an obligation. We honor God because he is worthy. We also honor God with what we do. Are we praising Jesus? Are we giving him glory? Are we honoring him with our obedience? This year in kids, we brought back um, tithing to the kids or, or giving an offering. And uh, I got to talk to Jaden briefly about two individuals. One was Caleb Chapman, who came in on the first week that he was able to with all of his chore money, all of it, and just gave it to God. And he's just so excited to be there. Oh, man, I wish we all had hearts like that, where there's just joy. And then Gregory Ashford, he says, I don't have any money I can give to God, but I made this heart to show that what I want to give him is my heart. Yeah, and he placed this little pink paper heart that he had drawn and cut out in in the front of the offering box. He didn't have money to give, but what he demonstrated was far more valuable. Praise, glory, and honor. Would we have faith like a child? Would we do that? First Peter 1.8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Oh, I wish we would try to express it. I wish we would get excited. I wish we would try. As a church, we can this joy and what God has done. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, glorious joy comes to us. I need to move quick. We're, we're almost done here. The last couple of years at the annual celebration, I wrote about, uh, I talked about Nehemiah. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls and it was, it was difficult and God's people were there. And when they started to celebrate, he said basically to the whole group, listen, you see these walls. These walls are not your refuge. God is your refuge and strength. A very present help in times of trouble. The joy of the Lord will be your strength, ma'oz, which means God is my fortress, my shield. God may be removing all of your battlements, all of your reinforcements, your barriers, your places of earthly safety so that you can see that God is your fortress. God is your wall. So in that moment, in that suffering, in that trial, joy. Worship God. It says we should glory in our sufferings. Oh God, would I glory in suffering? Because I don't feel that way. But when you do, things change. Here's what I want you to do. I talk about Taking notes. Well, right now I want you to take note. So I've been telling you all the things that are exciting to me. What I want you to do is get your phone out, get a piece of paper out, whatever you have. Go ahead and do that right now. Get something that you can write down something with. I want you to do it right now because we're going to use it in just a moment. 
And what I'm going to ask you to do as our corporate worship is to write down at least one thing that God did in 2022 for you or someone that you love. And we're going to give you some time to do that. So go ahead and write that down now. And it can be as small or as big. And I want you to write that. David's going to play a little bit. And then we're going to participate together in a moment. So you'll want to have something written down. Go ahead and do that right now. Write that out. What has God done in your heart? What has he done in the people around you? How has he rescued you? Keep writing. If you're there and you're still writing, keep writing. First Peter 1.9 as we finish. First Peter 1.9 says, For you are receiving right now the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There is a now and a not yet, but even now in the worship of God, we can receive a bit of heaven, a bit of the joy and worship so I want us to do that together. I want us to be joy together. I want us to hear the voices of that strength. So I want you to stand to your feet. My last, go ahead, stand to your feet. This is my last point for you today. As we celebrate what God has done, anticipation of what he will do grows. So here's what I'm going to say in just a moment. I want us all to read out loudly, excitedly what God has done. In just a moment, I want you to read it out. We've been practicing this on prayer nights, so speaking out at the same time. And I'm gonna look for about six or seven of you to be the ones who are like, I'm not gonna wait to someone else to be loud. I'm gonna be loud first. And believe me, I know who you are, so don't let me down. I want you to speak out. And I want what happens in this moment, not some exercise that makes me feel good, but that changes our hearts. And it helps us understand that God is here. That won't he do it. All right. So here's how we're going to do it. I want you to read out right now what God has done in the last year. Say it out loud. Come on. Let me hear you. Let me hear you. You got to read it four or five times. Come on. Tell him what he's done. Tell him what he's done. My God is good. My God is powerful. My God is mighty. He has moved in powerful ways. God, I pray as we continue to worship you, as we thank you, God, for those who have, who have served, as we go back into worship, as we give to you, God, as we move into this next year, may the joy of the Lord be our strength. May the joy of the Lord be our strength. And may fear die in the faith of God. Amen. Let's give- 
Welcome back. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that message. I hope that you heard uh, Nathan's Pastor Nathan's heart on faith, uh, its role in overcoming fear, and and how we grow that faith through praise uh, worship. If you are looking for ways to participate in what God is doing in this community, um, to uh, action steps or, or what we call heart leading actions towards building that faith, uh, like Pastor Nathan said, joining us on a Sunday for, for worship and praise is great. Also, I want to suggest that uh, generosity is, is another heart leading action that we can take to build our faith and trust in what God is doing. So if you want to uh, give generously to the the mission of what God is doing at this church, feel free to do that. Uh, take that opportunity to do that. You can do that on our Church Center app again or our website, um, but set up a recurring gift uh, to faithfully support what God is up to at this church. Um, lastly, if you need prayer um, for anything, not just for something that may be stirred up in you during this message, but just for anything in general, be sure to reach out. Connect card is going to be the best way to let us know how we can pray for you and support you. So all, those are all great ways to get involved in this community and to participate in what God is doing. So I hope that this year, uh, this week you find opportunities to lean into faith, to build faith, and to trust what God is doing in your life and in the life of this community. Have a blessed week, and we'll catch up with you real soon.